What's going on? Summer downtown. This is Kent. I'm one of the pastors at Soma, and I'm dropping in again from my office in the basement of Soma Midtown uh, for a midweek. Uh, I'm calling these mini pods right now. I don't know. Maybe I'll come up with a different name. Uh, just a couple like disclaimers on the front end. This is primarily intended for uh, members and attenders of Soma downtown. Not that these won't have translatable and applicable or applicable things to people of all of Soma congregations or even people outside of Soma, but uh, there will be some aspects of these that will talk specific to our context as family combos. And so if that feels like you're stumbling into a family meeting, uh, you kind of are, and that's okay. You're welcome in, and we're glad you're here. But that's why it might feel like that. Uh, for that reason, I want to also just use this time to update everybody on a couple things that are going on. Some of these you'll have heard about through via email or maybe through your MC. But some things that are going on right now, uh, we started this past Wednesday, uh, just yesterday, Lunch with the Leaders, which is an hour-long Zoom lunch with myself, Hannah, Edwards, who is our Summit Kids Director, and Tayshawn McKinley, who's our Director of Operations at Summit Downtown. And we just were on, we ended up being on for an hour and a half with maybe uh, 15, 16-ish people or so, just going around and talking about life in our little Brady bo- uh, Brunch boxes and, and yeah, just saying what's going on with you. And we didn't necessarily specifically ask how could we pray for one another, but that kind of naturally came up, I think, in a lot of ways. And and then we prayed at the end and, and went on. And so we'll be back there next next week. The link to that has been sent out in the Summer News feed uh, in an email. So you can jump on there next Wednesday at noon. Also, uh, this is kind of an early pre-announcement because there's nothing hard about this, but we are considering the idea for Summer Downtown specifically to do a digital gathering on a Sunday's coming up here. We might even, that won't be this Sunday, but uh, we may try it as early as April 5th. Uh, So particularly because we do want to do one for Easter to set apart the sacredness of Easter. And so that might be an opportunity just to do a little bit of a dry run, not just for our sides of things, but also for people. So you're not having to like nervously figure out how to sign on and stuff on on Easter Sunday, a day that we hope will be uh, free of stress as much as we possibly can. Uh, do that and will be a time to celebrate and have the sacred moment of Easter in a way that we probably were not picturing it. But either way, that is also, again, that's more of a potential coming up so you can be uh, not fully expecting that yet, but uh, anticipating that that is something we're looking into. Um, And then also, uh, I mentioned on the podcast uh, sermon teaching for last week that we're going to be doing 24 our prayer and Tayshawn's working on that right now of organizing a schedule that will begin we hope Thursdays uh, from Thursday to Friday uh, 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. in the month of April and then we'll we'll at least go through the month of April and then kind of reevaluate there and so it'll be we're looking to potentially create like a zoom channel where you know just a zoom meeting room where you can drop in if you're praying Uh, it will have people signed up to like lead each hour but uh, anyone can drop in and, and join them and pray with them and we'll be trying to develop some resources and things to kind of give you some ways different techniques of praying over the course of the hour or uh, different things to be praying for or you can do your own thing if you're like one who are just like I don't, no one needs to tell me how to pray you're right uh, go so go for it and that will be an opportunity 
that I'm excited about, just for us all, even as we're spread out across the city or maybe even across the country at this point, as people are going to spend more time with families in other cities and other places, that we can all still be unified in prayer and unified in purpose uh, for praying for our country, praying for uh, our church, praying for um, yeah, the health of our country, the mental health, the economy. Uh, and that goes beyond our country to the world, to Italy, to uh, continued developments in Asian nations. And so, yeah, it'll be an opportunity to, to join together and be on the same mission together uh, and be before the throne of God together. So I'm excited about that. More information should be coming out about that here in the next week. And that just brings me to the last thing. All these are ways that you can participate and not be a part of a missional community. But if you are listening to this and you're not a part of a missional community, I continue to strongly encourage you to get in touch and join a missional community. Uh, we're, we have information how to do that on the COVID-19 updates for Summit Downtown, which is there's a link and a pathway to get there from the main page of someindy.com. And I know it's weird. It's really weird to come and get into a missional community when almost all the gatherings are digitally alone being had. And I mean, even I, you know, I was talking with uh, Zach Trion today, and and you know, he's saying like, man, we had a great MC gathering last night. But he said it does. There is some limitations to Zoom and to Zoom meetings where like you can't have as much side conversation or one-on-one -on -one conversation or even group conversation. Like there's a little bit more of like you have to be conscious of taking turns and, and speaking over each other and, and yeah, it's, it's clunky and it's awkward even a, for a little bit for people who are really deeply involved in each other's lives and so it's going to be even more awkward for if you're just meeting people but at the same time there's just never been a more practical need for community uh, and to just have things and I know people, you know, most people who are probably not MC are not completely isolated in the world I'm glad that's true. But as well as I just think there's an opportunity for you to really dive deeply into community in a way that is odd. And, and man, man, when we when we all you know get reemerge from this uh, into what will be the new normal, which I'm using in air quotes. Um, after all is said and done, you know it'll be like this thing of like, wow, I only saw you on a screen before. I thought you were taller or something. I don't know. Either way, uh, but that'd be you know that'd be a fun thing. It'd be like a big reveal. So um, uh, it, hopefully people seen each other around on Sundays before, but you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, with this podcast, I, I'm not really even sure what this is going to be yet. It's kind of an experiment, and this seems to be a time that is the soil is, is fertile for experimentation. And so we might do it where we get a bunch of other people to teach on this, like uh, other people on our staff or other leaders or MC leaders or members. Maybe this becomes like an extension of 412 where we had members teaching on ways that they were growing in spiritual formation and things they're learning uh, and ways that they're walking and following Jesus. Um, maybe this will be me a lot of times just presenting uh, a prayer that we can just wake up to rather than uh, a news feed of panic news. Um, we can start the day not there, but start it in prayer, uh, just by having a prayer read uh, over you or, or to read along with, or maybe just a quick meditation on scripture. Or it could be times that are just times where I reflect on what it is to be the church and a Christian and what it is to pick up our daily cross and follow Jesus in the midst of COVID-19 and, and the season that we find ourselves in. Um, 
I was, yeah, again, talking with Zach Tran about this and saying this could just become my audio journal. But uh, maybe it is. Maybe it's that. Maybe this is like I start out in the future being like, dear diary. But if that is it, I don't think that'll be purely it. But uh, that is kind of what today is like, I will say. Uh, it's, I've been thinking about some things, and I was actually just talking about Zach, but uh, uh, this was Zach, who's an MC leader in, uh, in Kayla Trian, lead the St. Clair Place uh, one of the St. Clair Place MCs, and um, we were just having a call to check in and see how they were doing and see how their MC was doing and just find out ways that we could support them and help them, and um, as we were talking about that, I was processing with uh, him something I've been processing with a couple people this week and last week too, and that is just my hope for our church, Soma Downtown specifically. I, I've really been like filled with gratitude of how I think our church is uniquely positioned and prepared for this season. And disclaimer on this, I say this and I'm very sober about the potential worst case scenario that all this could develop into. And so don't hear my excitement about this season for our church as something where I'm just like Pollyannish about like, ah, nothing's gonna happen. And I'm simultaneously prayerfully accepting the fact that people in our community are going to be affected directly by COVID-19, whether that be physical health or just uh, the, to personal uh, people personally or to family members. Uh, it's going to affect people in mental health. I have already said there's multiple pandemics going on here. It's going to affect people financially. Uh, this is a real, I mean, there's multiple fronts that we are looking at right now. And all the answers are trying to deal with all the complexities, but I mean, this is above, I think, human logic in a lot of ways of just how to best approach things. And so, yeah, we're doing our best, but everybody, nobody knows. I mean, we're not even like, what, four or five months away removed from this showing up in the world and seeing the initial culture of of China and Asian cultures go through this. And, And so there's so much that we're still learning day by day. And so in that, I know that feels disorienting and it feels scary. Um, and there's an article I just got from Megan Rogg um, that I thought was really helpful called That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief from the Harvard Business Review. And I might actually talk about that article in a future episode of these. Um, and I recommend that to you uh, if you are kind of in that midst of feeling discomfort, maybe even recognize that you actually are going through the stages of grief uh, of just normalcy being suddenly taken from you. And Either way, that's something to be uh, talked about more. But actually, I want to talk about a different article that I read uh, this week, in part, uh, called Leading Beyond the Blizzard, Why Every Organization is Now a Startup. And that's by Andy Crouch, uh, Kurt Kylehacker, and Dave Blanchard. And Andy Crouch is, of the authors, the one that I'm most familiar with. He is a thinker, an author, and just a brilliant uh just Christian mind, and he writes things like Strong and Weak, or Playing God, which is reflections on power and how power is healthily and wisely used. Uh, TechWise Family is one that is really, yeah, he's been a forerunner in thinking on how to disciple families with tech in the modern era. And they write this article, uh, Andy Crouch and his co-authors here, on, again, Leaving Beyond the Blizzard. And he uses meteorological metaphors to explain kind of how some people, particularly in the church, he's writing to the church and the church leadership, how churches are approaching the preparation for 
COVID-19 and what, what this season's going to be like as churches are not meeting. And he's speaking to church leaders, but really, I think you could sub out like this for any part of our culture, and it's pretty applicable. And so he talks about, some people are seeing this as a blizzard, and like when you see a blizzard coming, you might go get a few supplies and batten down the hatches and get ready to endure the night or maybe a day or two, but you know within a week or so it's going to thaw and you know, life continues. And he said some people are kind of approaching it that way. And other people are uh, approaching this as a winter season. And so it's not just an individual storm, but no, this is going to be, you know, months and is going to last for a while. And we should be prepared to kind of be ready to, to be in this for not just, yeah, not just months, weeks, or, you know, days or weeks, but, but months and maybe even and longer than that. And, you know, season is a little bit of an instinct amount of time, particularly when it's not actually relating to weather. And Andy Crouch and his co-authors, again, argue that maybe this is actually introducing us not to a blizzard or not to a winter season, but to a little ice age. And he talks about the little ice age, which was in its nearing its end in, uh, I believe it was 1816. Uh, this is on the article. Uh, there was an eruption of Mount Tambora, which is now in modern-day uh, Indonesia, in which ash plume reduced solar radiation and there was widespread crop failures, I'm actually quoting now, widespread crop uh, failures and unprecedented cold temperatures with frost recorded across Europe and North America even in the summer months. I actually think that's uh, the author's quoting from the Wikipedia page on this. And that was, again, the end of what Climatologists have been now calling the Little Ice Age, which was about a 300-year period of lower temperatures in the northern hemisphere that just dramatically shaped how Western civilization was formed during that time. And in that, the metaphor is kind of obvious. Of He's saying, what if COVID-19 for the church and for our culture as a whole is introducing maybe a a much extended period of, again, a new quote-unquote normal. And when you're thinking about this as a church, and as we're thinking about this for our church, I've been seeing kind of two church responses in this. And I've been seeing two groups, again, they're probably a wide spectrum, but for the sake of, of simplicity here, we're just going to deal with bifurcating things into two. So there's two groups that I've been seeing just in ways that churches have been responding. One is like the digital repackaging response. And this is churches that are just like figuring out like, man, how do we take everything that we've been doing as a church for the last you know, couple decades and, and centuries and just digitally repackage it to make it just individually available? And actually this, is, this started before this season. I mean, there were all app churches that were already being launched and that and the, you know, church leaders have been coming out for the last several years being like, we are launching a church in your pocket and it's going to be with a digital foyer where you can make digital relationships. And this was like already a thing. I talked with a, a church in our city that was uh, actually one that was uh, recently launched in our neighborhood uh, that was had like all digital community groups. And uh, he was saying like, hey, like, you know, I, I was kind of against it initially, but like I would, people traveling, it was the only way people could do community. And I was both at that time kind of like, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, I get that. I'm also still just, I mean, I throw up a little bit in my mouth when I think about it, but yeah, okay. Um, either way, so there's, yeah, kind of this response of digitally repackaging everything we've been doing on Sunday so that people can 
consume it digitally in the comfort of their own home, self-quarantined, and socially distanced. And and I, I've been saying, like, I wonder, even after the season, if there might be groups that are like, you know what, that was really effective and really efficient, and we could do that really well with, like, limited staff and resources and, and effort, and we could reach a large audience. Let's just keep going with this digital thing. And then there's the other response I see of the church right now, and it's the one that, that the co-authors here at the article argue for or present, and that's tearing up the playbook. Tearing up the playbook as it's been used, again, not just the last century, but maybe even more specifically in the last couple decades of the church, in rewriting a new playbook on the fly of what it means to be the church in America in the year 2020 during COVID-19. Because maybe this isn't just going to be a temporary playbook that you keep the other one warm and sitting by you so you can ratchet it back up once things get roaring and raring to go, but maybe that becomes the playbook that you actually have to work out of for the longest time. And maybe you end up, yes, restarting a Sunday gathering to be incarnate people together, but maybe it looks like one that is driven more by teaching and preparing the church to care for one another, to shepherd one another, to be equipped to be the church in the midst of a a digital ice age or, or the like. And Crouch means it is like this prophetic warning or an invitation. And I, for one, have just like see that and be like, yes, that is that's kind of what I've been sensing and what I've been feeling and what I'm excited by. And I've uh, I've got the time just this past week to connect in big or small ways with our whole membership. And that's been really life-giving for me. I have a lot of my relational tank is is somewhat uh, has a big capacity and is you know kind of running on empty as again I sit alone. But uh, as I've been doing that, I've just been yeah reaching out via text and that's turned into Zoom calls and turned into hey I've been struggling here or hey this is what's going on or people just like I've been trafficking the information of like what's you know how's the rest of the congregation doing and hey this is kind of what I'm seeing. And, and people are, are praying for one another and caring for one another, and, and, and that's been great in itself. And I admit, ideally, I would have been doing all this for like the last five years as we've gotten some downtown going, but it's tough to do that very important non-urgent task when every seven days you need a full slate of volunteers that need to be fully equipped, and you need to have a sermon ready, you need to have structures going, you need to have a liturgy set. And again, I'm not saying any of that's bad. Sundays are great. But in this season, it kind of gives us a moment to rest our systems and our volunteers and our structures and put Sundays on with relatively minimal effort in comparison to what they are in a physical way and start writing a new playbook and maybe one that begins our new normal when the new quote-unquote normal does begin. And I actually remember, like, this has really been on my mind and in my teaching for the last two years because I remember a moment two summers ago, it was the week I was preparing to go on vacation and was going to be out for two Sundays. And actually, I wasn't even preaching that Sunday. Uh, we had Ryan McCammick from uh, Gospel Hope Church in, um, in from Atlanta, a church that we support. And we he was teaching that week and the following week. So he was taking one of the weeks I was going to be out and, uh, and then... I was there for that week, and it was really helpful to kind of prepare for vacation and get everything like locked down uh, and not have to worry about teaching that week. And I remember it was the same week that I, we showed up, and like the key system for the Westminster building was not working. And I was like getting a call as I was driving in 
uh, from Megan Rock, I remember. And she was like, uh, the keys don't work. And so I was like, you know, feverishly calling every contact we have at Westminster, being like, uh, our keys don't work. And people like were starting to prepare to like, what do we do? Like, it was summer, so we're like, do we do a church in the parking lot? Like, it doesn't look like it's gonna rain. Like, or do we go over to Willard Park? Or what? You know, what what is the was the possible things of possibility? And it was like such a stressful morning. We end up getting in last second, throw things together, make a Sunday happen. Um, but yeah, it's just like this sense of like everybody's exhausted. Everybody's like just sitting there like panting as we put it all together and I look across and I'm like of course I'm not teaching that Sunday and so I have like a little bit more mental space and I look across at the congregation uh, and I'm just sitting there in the midst of kind of feeling tired about ready to go on vacation and just thinking like I feel like this doesn't feel like family right now like I'm looking at people and I'm just like I don't know how well this group of people knows that group of people, and, and, and there seems to be disconnect, and, and yes, there's some pockets of good community and MCs, but this, overall, this doesn't feel like a family gathering. This doesn't feel like a joyous celebration. It just kind of feels like, man, we just busted our rear ends to make something happen, and now we're just gonna go crash, and I'm gonna go on vacation, and, and I don't know what's gonna happen if this happens next week, and we don't, and like, am I gonna be dealing with this on vacation, and it just, just yeah, I just remember thinking, like, this needs to feel more like family. And not just, like, this today, but, like, all the time. And so I started just, I started that whole vacation, I started thinking, like, what what do we do about that? And it started just affecting the way that I was teaching and what I was teaching on, the ways I was applying scripture for our church. I remember that coming out of that, we did the All Are Called series, which we got, like, five weeks in the month of August that year to do a congregationally specific series. And I just was like, I want to do something where, like, we give a vision for everybody in the church is called to shepherd one another. Everybody is called to care for one another. Everybody is called to disciple one another. That everybody is called to be the church. And that we are, uh, as the staff and as uh, as uh, the pastors, as me as the pastor and, and, uh, and the future pastors are equipped with tasking and shaping the church to... To, to, to do these things, to do the work of ministry, Ephesians 4.12. And then this, that, that kind of been dripping into our teaching this, again the last two years, and then this season comes along. Again, big caveat. There's a lot of things going on this season, but again, don't read my, misread my excitement for one aspect of this season. And people's responses that I start seeing in this season the last couple of weeks have been beautiful. I mean, I just... I've been checking in with MC leaders and, and, and just leaders across the congregation, and my thought was just like, man, I wonder how connected people are right now, and I wonder how uh, people are, are doing with you know, caring for one another, or like, you know, are people getting lost in the cracks? And I just start checking with MC leaders, and MC leaders, MC leaders by just natural instinct, were like, yeah, I, I connected with everybody from my community, I know what's going on in people's lives, like I'm keeping track with everybody, and just like, it was just these natural instincts were starting to to emerge and then things are happening like I just uh, got a text uh, from Emily Sturgis who I didn't tell her I was going to read this text maybe this will change the way she texts me in the future but I think this is really beautiful Emily so I just want to share it with people she said RMC had some really good conversation last night about how to shepherd each other uh, well and how we really think God prepared us for this moment because of how close we are and it's been easier to care for each other from a distance since we already did, already did that so well in person. 
and then she ended up by saying, tell Sharon that if she needs any help with school stuff, let me know. Because that's Emily. She's uh, a servant. And thank you, Emily. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, again, it's no wonder that the community that she's a part of serves each other because she serves people well and people in her community. I mean, again, that's, that's Zach and Kayla's MC. And that's, I mean, I keep saying Zach and Kayla, but I mean, they've got a robust leadership team. I mean, you know, Allie DeBrine and uh, Jordan Easley and Stephen Coro and Caitlin Wilkinson and Colin Acker and, and, and Emily. And, and there's just tons of leaders in that. I'm, I'm missing some, I know. Uh, because they're just all stepping up and they share this leadership team and they share this vision of like, we're going to all care for each other really well. And it takes me back to this article uh, by, by Crouch and his co-authors. Uh, I apologize to his co-authors who are getting much less billing in this whole thing, but sorry, I, I'm not as familiar with your work. But either way, that subtitle for his, their piece, Everyone is a Startup Again, All Organizations. And that brings us to, again, how we are uniquely positioned as a church and the gratitude I've been feeling and just what God's been doing, not just in the last two years, but even just where we are in like the life cycle of our church. Because everyone's in startup mode again, but we never left it. Five years in, we still set up and tear down in a building we do not own, and all our systems are built on the fly. And we very much so still like exist in a, a startup phase. And other churches that have grown beyond that, whether they're 10 years in or 15 or 20 or 100, I mean, they are now re-entering the startup phase. And that's not easy. I mean, I remember having a conversation with a, a church leader of a very large and influential church in our city a few years ago, and they were getting into church planning, and they were just talking with our team about, like, hey, you guys are doing a church planning model that we're kind of interested in, and, and how can we, you know, learn from what you guys have done? And they said, like, hey, we are a well-established church, and so we know that by launching out church plants, we're going to re-enter into kid phase, but we just don't know if we could re-enter into diaper phase. Like, we need to get out of that. We're not, we're not equipped to be able to deal with that well, so we need to be able to kind of, like, make systems that skip the diaper phase. Because, yeah, it's like, I mean, my parents were just in town, and grandparenting, everyone will tell you, is wonderful. You get to play with the kids, and then when somebody poops, you just pass them off. And that's what happens, because you're just like, I'm a grandparent. I don't deal with diapers anymore. And that's kind of where some churches are, like, really struggling right now, because they're like, man, we, the call into a startup is to call us back into the diaper stage of, of parenting. And I just, I don't know if we could, if, it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to go back like that. And we don't have to go back as someone out of town. And then the other side of it, though, we're, we're five years in. And in five years, we have made uh, our mistakes. Believe it, we, we have made our share of mistakes. And we've made, you know, we've gotten our bumps and bruises. We've, uh, you know, tried to walk a few times faster than our giant heads could support. And then we all fell down tumbling. Um, I'm not calling us all big-headed people. Like, this is a, a, a childhood development metaphor, which I know I'm mixing metaphors like crazy right now. But stick with me. So either way, yeah, we've made our mistakes more so than like a true like startup church in like years one, two, or three have. Like in years one, two, or three, yeah, you're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what works and making mistakes and doing things wrong and making everybody mad and it's a joyful time. And as you do that, like five years, I mean, I feel like I've had this conversation or heard of this conversation so many times where people are like, man, if we could, if our organization could just get a genie lamp and wish our one wish would be to go back five years ago with the knowledge that we have now and rebuild from the ground up. But nobody gets that. Like, that's a genie in a magic lamp scenario. 
that no one actually ever gets. But, summer downtown, what if we just did? Again, continue to make clear, major things about this season that this is about so much more than just God's plan for Soma downtown. But as a shepherd in our community, I want to just invite us into both the gratitude that I'm experiencing right now as I just hear about the stories of people caring for one another and then also invite us to lean harder into this opportunity that can be in the midst of an otherwise terrible plague and pandemic. And so what if we just got a genie and a lamp scenario in actual life, in the midst of this? And what if we now have a way to apply what we've learned in becoming a life-giving family that is simultaneously an outpost for the kingdom of God in our city? And, and not just us. This is just like, man, like this is going to make someone downtown the best church in the city and the world. No, like I hope God is doing similar things like this in churches across our city, across our country, across our world. And what if this is just how he's calling us to embrace a new normal, applying the lessons of the last five years, and also having a chance to enter back into startup mode with everybody? And what might this look like? Again, to become both a life-giving family that cares well for each other, that then just naturally becomes a compelling outpost for the kingdom of God in our city and join the rest of the church as we're all invited to do so. So my thoughts for today. Have a good one.